Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in again live today. Today is Sunday, September 10th. It is 1 p.m. I'm your host, Jason Leeser, and this is the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group uh, here live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. And if this is working for you, please let us know. Drop a comment in the chat box and tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's someone looking to get a tattoo. Maybe it's someone that wants to become a tattoo artist. Um, you know, tag everyone you know that loves tattoos. We're always trying to get more people involved. And welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real-world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We stream out nearly every day, and with your help, have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories, such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can do what most people do and just go to your browser and search for Reinventing the Tattoo. And you'll find it all, except for the book, which is still currently out of print. But no matter where you are watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and most up-to-date information all at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. Um, you don't have to subscribe right away. We've got a number of sample webinars that you could take a look from, including a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, uh, or you can go through and get some free advice from Guy Aitchison about your unique goals, or you can take a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, fellow tattoo history nerds such as myself. Uh, it's an absolutely amazing course. Highly recommend that one. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find a full event schedule with full weekly and special event live stream details, including details to join this show. You can also find access to the Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got 13 different episodes playing at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, and covers a whole host of topics. As well, at reinventingthetattoo.com, you can find professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists, including people like Andre Malcolm, uh, BJ Betts, Bob Tyrell. All of their seminars and a whole lot more are all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you, please drop a comment in the chat and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into, starting off on Sundays with me, Jason Leeser, and the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. And that's followed on Mondays with four separate shows, starting off at 9 a.m. on Mondays with Drawing Four Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we go through and we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies. Um, this helps us get back to our roots of being a fine artist and considering tattooing as a fine art. It's always good to revisit the basics and revisit a lot of those things that really help us develop those artistic skills. 
and that's 9 a.m. Drawing Four Tattooers with James Wisdom. Following that, on Mondays at 11 a.m., we have the Tattoo Weekly Show with Gabe Ripley, Lauren Gregory, and Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network. Um, and that is an absolutely awesome show where we discuss current events in the tattoo world, whether it's the legislation that's being passed in Congress or the uh, potential impacts it may have on what we get to use as tattoo artists uh, to what's going on in other countries and what new technology is emerging that can help tattoo artists out. That's all discussed live at 11 a.m. on Mondays at the Tattoo Weekly. Following the Tattoo Weekly at 5 p.m. on Mondays, we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple where we get to go through and vent and we've got a safe space to kind of discuss some of those topics that really only other tattoo artists kind of talk about. Um, you know, maybe it's stress with clients, maybe it's work-life balance, um, any number of different things. It's all available to be discussed in a very safe, open environment. And that's at 5 p.m. Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. Following that, capping off Monday evening at 9 p.m., we have a subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the Reinventing the Tattoo Network, uh, where we get to go through once a week and we cover a portion of the Reinventing the Tattoo canon. It's kind of like supplemental exercises, things where we get to go through and work on certain things that maybe might not be our strong suit, whether it's focused, whether it's contrast, whether it's line work, um, you know, it, it gives us a chance to go through and work on these things so that we can all get better at them. And that's 9 p.m. subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew. And that is only available for people that have a subscription to the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon or the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course. Uh, following Monday's episodes, on Wednesdays, we have the Tattoo Now Show with Gabe Ripley, where we get to dive into the business aspects behind tattooing and really start talking a bit more about marketing, financing, uh, advertising, getting your name out there, building a clientele base, uh, really going through and discussing a lot more of the business side of being a tattoo artist. And that is on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Following that, on Thursdays at 6 p.m. to cap off the week, we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker, where we get to go through and we get to hear different stories about people, you know, collecting tattoos from different people all over the world. Um, you know, we get to hear about their stories and their experiences and, you know, gives us a little bit more insight into what it takes to be a tattoo collector. We have a number of special events coming up. Uh, the primary event coming up is the Paradise Gathering, and that is Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th. And this is an incredible lineup this year, including presenters such as Nick Baxter, Corey Ferguson, Gunner, Thea Duskin, Andy Chambers will be there. I uh, can't wait for his seminar. Lady Sarah, Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network will actually be offering his Find Your Style seminar uh, for free to people that buy a ticket for the Paradise Tattoo Gathering. Uh, Tom Strom, Andre Malcolm's presenting. And that's just a few of the people that are going to be presenting this year at the Paradise Gathering. 
I will also be there and I will also be presenting uh, two different workshops, one on procreate for tattoo artists, um, you know, going through some of the tips and tricks and the ins and outs of the software. And I'll also be doing a printmaking uh, seminar to help artists get their work ready for getting prints made. Maybe it's photographing large paintings, maybe it's um, minimum resolutions and borders and you know what it takes to really make a great fine art print. Uh, I'll also be covering a lot of that while there at the Paradise Tattoo Gathering this year, Thursday, October 12th through Sunday, October 15th. I would like to go through and take a second to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that make these shows happen. Starting off with worldtattooevents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly keeping everything updated. As we know, living in a post-pandemic era, there may still be certain events that are getting postponed or rescheduled. So if you're looking for the latest, most up-to-date tattoo event information coming to a city or town near you, maybe it's one you plan on visiting, take a look at worldtattooevents.com. Would also like to thank tattoonow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattoo artists of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded. They're 100% competitive with any type of CRM, mailing lists, or scheduling software out there. I mean, heck, they'll even build your website if you want them to. Uh, so if you're looking for the latest, most up-to-date tattoo tools to help you get more clients to come in that want to get the kind of work that you really want to do, take a look at TattooNow.com. They are the leading edge in doing just that. Would also like to take a second to thank Guy Hutchison at GuyHutchison.com, both personally and professionally. He is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. You can go to GuyHutchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedias. Uh, he's got some DVDs, uh, some custom coil machines, as well as several prints and fine art paintings for sale, all available at GuyHutchison.com. Would also like to say a very personal uh, shout out to Amy Nichols over at the Apprenticeship Diaries. Uh, if you are looking to become a tattoo apprentice or want to know more about what is included in a tattoo apprenticeship, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. Uh, she details all of that and a whole lot more. A lot of it's really great advice from different people in different industries that have gone through different types of apprenticeships. Would also like to say a very quick and special thank you and shout out to TATCOM and Aaron Williams, who's the mad scientist behind TATCOM. These guys are literally the cutting edge, diving into the science of how tattoos happen, how they work, and why they work. They're doing this and they're studying a lot of this stuff to help develop products that help tattoo artists tattoo at a more efficient and better level. Uh, these guys currently have the leading and cutting edge tattoo tools and equipment to help us as tattoo artists tattoo a lot better than what we do now. Ooh. 
as always, if you like today's episode, please go through and post a positive review on the channel. Help us get the word out. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, become a sponsor of our community, or if you would like a tattoo or fine art critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com, and we'll be happy to get back to you just as soon as we can. And that kind of wraps up the intro for today. And we've got tattoos by Spirit here. I just sent him a request to unmute himself and start his video again. Uh, he's actually tattooing live today, which is pretty awesome. What's up? What's going on, man? Chilling, chilling. Uh, it's good to see everybody. Yeah, I'm Tattoo Spirit. You can find me on tattoosbyspirit.com, Instagram Tattoos by Spirit, as well as TikTok Tattoos by Spirit. So basically, Tattoos by Spirit anywhere. Tattoos by Spirit anywhere. Yeah, and everything spelled correctly. Awesome. I had to, I I had like to, to change hear. it. That's what I'm saying. Like, Because I, I used to spell my name with a Y. You know what I mean? So it used to be spelled S-P-I-R-Y-T. This is Marissa. This is my client today. Hello, pleasure um, to meet you. Hey, and uh, we're doing a cover-up of an old panther with a new panther. Yeah. Yay. Um, you know, the old-school crawling panther that everybody got in the 90s? Oh, yeah. But this was different. Yeah, this yeah. Was, yours is different, plenty though. Of those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hers is, hers is slight. It's not actually crawling. It's kind of like about to pounce. Okay. But, um, but yeah. So, um. Yeah, no, nah, I had to change my dang on handle because I got tired of telling people, oh, man, this, it has a Y in it, you know, so got to be Googleable, you know? Right. You know, and that's something that I'm picking up more and more from a lot of the marketing homework that I'm doing and a lot of the marketing research I've been doing is that things need to be easy for people to find. Uh, yeah, that's right. Easily spelled, easily legible. Um, you know, people, it, you need to make sure that it's easy for people to access all of your information, no matter what platform, no matter where. Uh, because if they can't find you, they're not going to get tattooed by you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I had to make sure that uh, I would be found. You know what I mean? So what you got, what you working on today, my good man? Uh, today I'm working on another uh, concept design for potentially another painting. Uh, maybe one I'll start at Paradise Gathering uh, this year, but it's uh, just a dragon. I'm still working on my dragons. Um, you know, it's it's dragons are always something that uh, everyone draws them in a different way and differently, and you know, it's by drawing something, you know as many times as you possibly can that's how you're really going to find your own niche and your own little twist on it mm -hmm. whether it's how you do scales or maybe it's positioning of hands and claws and feet maybe it's how you how you draw a beard of a dragon you know it's all different depending on who you are how much you've drawn them who your influences are you know, a lot of that can uh, make a very big difference. Word. Right. Well, cool, man. I just wanted to check in and say what's up. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get my client comfortable for what's about to happen. Right on, right on. 
you guys have fun. Um, Absolutely. I mean, even if you uh, even if you just mute yourself, I'm sure everything will go just fine. You're in good uh, hands. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, we could do that then. That's what's up. Um, I always enjoy steel building Sundays with you. I always appreciate it, man. You know me. I'm uh, I'm always an open book. I always like to uh, to talk to different people and get different perspectives and opinions. And it looks like we've got uh, Bruno with us today. Bruno, is that you? I think he's still connecting the audio. Bruno, Prismas Art. Uh, Bruno's been one of my very close friends and one of my heroes in the tattoo industry. Uh, we became friends a few years back and um, he's, he's definitely had an impact on my career to say the least. Uh, ah, thanks there for the is the words, man. Bro. My brother. Good to see you, man. Dude, good to see you as well, man. Dude, that's a hell of a painting wall. Love that. You got Thanks, all brother. kinds of great artwork up there. It's the my station over here. Right on, dude. Thanks, brother. Yeah, man. Happy to be here to chat with you for a little while. I know, right? Yeah, and you're, uh, I'm excited. You're I'm going to see you in, soon. Yeah, I know. You're, yeah, we're you're going to be, be up at Paradise soon. this year. Yep, we're going to be collabing soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, if I got ideas, man, I got ideas. I got all kinds of fun stuff for us to work on. Damn. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait, man. It's it, the lineup is awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, the lineup this year is incredible. I mean, Nick yeah. Baxter is going to be there. Just yep. being around that man is inspirational. Uh, we got Mickey Schlick in the YouTube comments. What's up, Mickey? Um uh, you know, it's this year. I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. Um, I'm actually presenting this year, which is not gonna lie, kind of intimidating. Um, it's You're you know the perfect person for that, man. Well, you know, it, it's something that you know, as much as I've done public speaking before, um, this is public speaking on a bit of a different level, and. Um, you know, it, it is a little intimidating, especially when I'm one of several different people that are going to be presenting and some of the other people that are going to be presenting are titans in the tattoo industry, you know, but we're right, all just right. people, you know, I get that. Exactly. So, but no, I feel you, man. Like, uh, I, I, I can, I can relate to that feeling, um, but dude. You know, like with everything that you do, you're like nonstop, man. You know, like so you you have a lot, a lot to give. You know, a lot to share with people, a lot of information that could benefit people from hearing it. Like you have a lot of experience. You know, like so yeah, man. Like I think that you're gonna, you know, like I said, you're the right person for for that, man. That's gonna be great. Well, Can't wait you know, to I, I see you in action. So. I hope so. Uh, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a good time. I'm probably going to pack up most of the stuff I own just to head up to paradise this year. 
Um, I'm bringing my printer with me so I can uh, do some printmaking demos. Wow. I'm bringing, yeah, I'm, I'm going all out. Dude, your printing's year. out of control, man. Uh, it, it took me a long time to get to be where I am with it. I mean, I was fortunate in the fact that, you know, I was required to take a few printmaking classes in college, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which has been paying itself off, to be honest with you. But I mean, we didn't, we did a little bit of digital printmaking, but we covered a lot of other stuff as well. Ironically, a lot of that other stuff is also translated into the tattoo industry in some aspect or another, uh, whether it's copper plate etching or, uh, you know, stone lithography and working with the process of that, you know, those are very, very tedious, very time consuming processes. Mm. Um, Printmaking itself is a lot like tattooing and the fact that you have to enjoy the process. You have to go through and embrace the process. And if you don't embrace the process, and right. find joy in the process man it's just going to be an uphill battle every single day what a good point you're making and because you know in tattooing you know i feel like that that can come up you know where like you kind of like lose you know like the excitement or the connection and usually that's the way back in you know like just finding mm-hmm. that that joy in the process and you know kind of like just surrendering to whatever it is the time that it takes to do something well done you know um because yeah man like you got to keep that fire lit kind of thing you know what i mean absolutely i mean burnout is a real thing in this industry and i know a lot of artists um personally that have you know they'll hit maybe a 10-year mark or a 15-year mark and they'll sit back and they'll, you know, turn right around and they'll be like, dude, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. It's not exactly. fun for me anymore. You know, I'm no longer getting any kind of enjoyment out of this. You know, it seems like, you know, I'm doing things just simply to make a paycheck or just simply to, uh, be, you know, put food on the table. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe I've got a family to support. You know, and it's like they lose their their passion for it. They lose their purpose behind it. Right. Yeah. And without that, like excitement that, you know, sometimes at the beginning of things, you know, it's easier to, you know, have excitement uh, over things like making money and and being able to provide and being able to like do clean tattoos or whatever. But that but if that's the fuel that you're going by, you know, it's just a matter of time until it, it runs out. You know, like right. there needs to be a strong connection, you know, a, a strong connection to to the whole thing, you know. And and um, and sometimes, you know, like you have to like create it, you know, you have to create that connection. Um, and uh, and and, you know, in, in a way, put together a vision of why you, you know, you love what you do, you know, so that you can always go back to that and and find yourself you know, fueled with excitement for what you do, you know? Right. But, um, but yeah, man. It's like finding Mm -hmm. a purpose, man. Once you find that purpose, once you, once you understand that, you know, there, this is my purpose, or, you know, if you come to the realization that, you know, either for better or worse, maybe, maybe, you know, you were meant to do something else, you know, and that happens sometimes. 
people come to that kind sure. of realization and that's totally fine. And if you were meant for something else, go do something else. You know, I know I was meant to do tattoos. It is all I've ever wanted. It is all I have ever thought about. And it is what I have geared my life towards um, mm-hmm. is this pursuit of this passion because it's to me, not just one of the most noble of arts, um, you know, we're permanently altering people's lives by tattooing. You know, we have the choice to go through yes. and give them a positive experience where, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we can change their life for the better. Maybe we can, you know, help them cover a scar or maybe they were traumatized by another artist, you know, way back mm-hmm. when. We have the option to right. go through and help them overcome that. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, Granted, there's, there's I, a lot also of power. Thing, I also take there's things a, to a very deep level. No, so. but like, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Like, it's one of the like beautiful things about what we do, you know, that that we get to, you know, in, in some occasions, we, we, we have that the opportunity to help someone become more empowered by this, like, you know, new, new vision, you know, new perspective of, of themselves. You know, sometimes that, you know, a tattoo can have that much of an impact, like a sleeve or something like that, man. Like when I got my, my forearms done, I don't know, man, I felt different. You know what I mean? Uh, and, uh, and you know, there's always that, that chance of you like reinventing the way that you feel about who you are kind of thing, you know, it's not always the same, you know, with everyone, but, um, but it can definitely empower, you know, like the, the tattoo owner and just putting all that energy into it. And uh, yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's like a gift that we get, you know? Absolutely. You know, to provide that kind of thing. you know, I kind of look at some of the tattoos I have and I, I look at them as journeys that I've been on because I have a lot of substantial work as well as you do. Um, you know, and it's, it is a process. It is a journey that we go on. And mm-hmm. I try to look at that and I try to think to myself, okay, you know, where was I when I started this project with, you know, this artist from wherever and where am I now? And how has, how have things changed? Um, you know, I'm obviously not the same person I was back then. So how is, how am I different now? And how has getting this tattoo impacted? You know, it's it, it's something that everyone has to kind of come to terms with on their own, whether it's a small tattoo or a big tattoo. It doesn't, you know, size doesn't necessarily matter. You know, you will be a different person after that tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and it's it's astounding to me just how much of an impact it can have on different people. Um, exactly. So, you know, it's something that, um, you know, I don't take very lightly. I know you don't either. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I think we get along so well, besides the fact that we're both absolutely awesome human beings. <laughs> that's right. Damn it. Yeah. But yeah, man. We, um, yeah, we definitely, that's how we, you know, connected to begin with, right. Is that passion. That, that, that we absolutely. For, well, so it's uh, that, know, just continuing that to learn and, that yeah, it's that purpose. We understand yeah, the yeah. why behind yeah. it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's a good word, man. It's like well, it's um, you know, and that 
that actually brings me to one of my favorite quotes in the world. Um, not that I'm a massive fan of this philosopher, but Friedrich um, mm-hmm. Nietzsche. Uh, oh, yeah, said, I read a lot it, of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's got some good points, right? If you, if you know right, your right. purpose, if you know your reason behind why you're doing something, then it doesn't matter what you have to go through. You do it in exactly. order to have that, you know, exactly. um, you know, yeah. and the actual quote is, uh, that's where the surrender comes. You have a why you can bear anyhow. I believe that's correct. Uh-huh. Right, but, right, right. Yeah, exactly. It's that, you know, surrender to the process, to the journey, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, the journey's not always going to be easy, you know, like, uh, I mean, in life in general, we never really learn anything from like, the easy stuff and the, and the happy stuff. I mean, we learn about joy and things like that, but the real lessons, the real experience, you know, comes from, you know, like, you know, the, the difficult situations that we run into and that we have to like figure out a way out or a solution um and so you know that's always going to come up and 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 every kind of journey whenever you're in a path towards like becoming better than you were the day before you know so uh but 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 you know it's a lot of work sometimes you know because there's always sacrifice involved and so if you don't have that passion right you know like that surrender to be able to you know, like not lose your patience when, you know, there's a part of the journey that isn't as much fun as others, you know, kind of thing. Like if you can manage to have that, you'll continue moving forward. Very well said. Very well said. Little things that are key that without them. uh, Yeah. It's a lot of times it's those struggles that define us, you know, and define who we are in life. You know, whether they're financial, personal, uh, maybe it's, um, you know, mental, a mental struggle that we have to overcome. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's those are the things that really help define who we are, what we're made of, what mm-hmm. we're capable of, and help drive us to be better than we were yesterday. All right. And that's all it takes is just to try to be better, even by one percent every single day exactly in in personal life in finances in art you know Mm -hmm. just working towards that goal of constant improvement yeah that's something that really drives me um every single day so and like being okay with where you are you know like in the journey you know like right because you know sometimes you see you know, people that are just flying through, you know, like a similar journey, or they seem like so far from where you are, you know, or, you know, it seems so far from where you want to be, because you see others that have taken things to another level. But, you know, there's really nothing that we can do about those things. And so I think it's important to like embrace whatever part of the journey that we're in. And, and like, just be okay with that, you know, because, you know, everyone that's gotten to a certain point has taken the steps you know, that, that everything takes. And so it's just a matter of, you know, coming back to, you know, the, the moment by moment kind of process. And just know that if you keep, you know, taking the steps, you'll, you'll get to where you're going. If you're lucky enough to stay alive, (laughs) that's another thing, right? (laughs) Well, and and that that brings Mm -hmm. me to another one of my favorite quotes, man. Rome was not built in a day. Exactly. Right. 
the idea okay. came and the idea was the goal. And there were lots and lots of people that spent years and years and years building the city of Rome, right? But it wasn't done overnight. You know, right. it took a long time and a lot of consistent work in order to achieve that. You know, so anytime that I find myself like sitting back and, you know, maybe kicking myself saying, man, I, I should be better than where I am, like what's going on or, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm just not seeing any progress. I'm not seeing any improvement. Maybe, you know, whatever situation I'm in isn't getting better or uh, maybe, you know, finances could be better or anything like that. You know, it's like, it's okay. It's part of the process. Mm -hmm. I, if I stay the course, if I stay the path, then I know things will work out. Exactly. Yeah, usually they do, man. Like, you know, when you just do what you got to do, like, like, for example, it's one thing that I've practiced for years in regards to, like, making money. Like, I never even think about money like that. Like, I don't think about, oh, how much money I got to make. I just... Instead, I put my, my energy into just making sure that, you know, I'm killing it with like preparing, you know, like for every tattoo and that, you know, every tattoo that I'm doing is going to, I'm going to be applying the things that I've been learning. That's where I put my, I don't even, you know, and the money thing, you know, it, it's always been around like, because, you know, like I, I don't even put my, my energy there. I just focus on doing what I know I got to do. And then it, it kind of takes care of itself, you know. And I think nice that putting words. putting your putting your energy that's really good advice, part, bro. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, like you yeah. know, it could, it could like it could throw you off a little bit if you uh, you know, if you're putting your energy too much into uh into the money side of things, right? Because because it kind of you know creates different vision. Um, right. Yeah. Well, you start it changes your motivation and it changes your why. Right. You know? Right. 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 You know, just looking at like the base underlying concept there. You know, when you focus on finances, when you focus on money, yeah, everyone would love to be independently wealthy, but then what would we, what would we work? Towards? What would we strive for? How hard would we actually work, you know, if we had all the money that we ever needed, you know, but if that's your primary motivation is money, then you're focusing on the wrong thing. The money will come. You may struggle and some of us will you know, at certain points in time. Um, but the money will come. It will mm -hmm. come as long as you stay the course and stay the path and focus on doing what you need to do. Yes. Brilliant advice, man. This is why I love it when you jump in, Bruno. <laughs> Thanks, man. I just wanted to say hi, Henry. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, man? Nice to meet you, bro. I'm nice just to uh, meet you too. listening. Absolutely. I'm just really enjoying the uh, the dialogue between you two. Yeah, man. It's good to be chatting with my buddy, Jason. Yeah, hey. buddy. Yo, we are going to be hanging out, having so much fun this year at Paradise, man. Like, I know, I know Gunner's going to be hanging out with us for a little bit. Um, I know Jake Meeks. I'm actually, uh, Jake Meeks got like a whole condo this year for the fireside tattoo group um so yeah. it's gonna be myself along with a couple other people I actually i usually get like a hotel room at jiminy peak um mm -hmm. and decided to forego that and jump in on this condo with a couple of other people from the fireside group 
and um, oh, it is going to be an absolutely wonderful time. Uh, I'm also bringing uh, Cards Against Humanity with me. You know, if anyone feels like they're getting, oh shit, so we can man. sit back and we can do a Cards Against Humanity night. That was uh, fun, man. Because those are always very, very interesting nights, right? Because you, you get to see how dark people's humor actually is. Mm. Uh, you know, but I also have a number of different paintings I'm going to be working on while I'm there. Um, you know, maybe I'll be running off some prints for people while I'm there. But, you know, it's going to be a great time. Amy Nichols will be up there. That's going to be a blast. Uh, Caroline Ann Evans uh, is going to be up there again this year. That's going to be awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of the the regular people's Renee Little's going to be there. I and Renee is such a sweetheart. It is Definitely. unbelievable. Um, she's also an incredibly talented tattoo artist, which mm-hmm. you know, I love picking her brain about stuff. Uh, but you know, just getting together with all of these people in the same place to me, it kind of just like renews that spark, that energy. Um, you mm-hmm. know. And helps push me to do better and be better. You know, it's it's refreshing to get different perspectives from different people that I really, really admire. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy going so much is it keeps me pumped, keeps me mm-hmm. going, and it keeps me excited for everything. Like, oh man, just learned this new little trick. Let me go through and. You know, apply this new trick that I just picked up to what I'm doing. Um, and it's amazing how that can completely change everything yeah, that you do. I was telling Gabe, man, the other day um, that, you know, the Paradise Gathering was the game changer for me, you know. Um, like, uh, I, I, I took, a, like, I think it was like two or three years in a row of the paradise gatherings and I took as many seminars as I could, you know, and, and dude, like, man, forget it. You know, I would come back totally different, man, from every trip, you know, and like with so many new tricks and so much confidence and, and also like, like you were saying, you know, just hanging out with the people that are there that, you know, are most likely going to be very like-minded and, uh, and there's always something that, that, you know, that you, uh, that you can get out of like, you know, conversation and especially with the space that, that you end up having in an event like paradise, you know? Right. Like uh, there's like, there's really a lot of room for some chilling, you know, and some like talking and, and spending some quality time. So, and, but now like, it seems like there's going to be a ton of, you know, great artists and um, it's going to be sweet, man. I can't wait, <clears throat> but it's yeah, a game changer, man. It absolutely is 110%. Um, you know, being able to just sit back and like talk to some of these people, uh, you know, and just hang out with them and get to know like mm-hmm. what's their philosophies of life, what makes them tick, because mm-hmm. maybe that's something that you can adopt for your own life and your own personality. And maybe that'll be a get like literally a life changing event for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you never know unless you go. So that's part of the reason why I, you know, I'm pretty much adamant about going every possible chance I get. One of the reasons I like going to stuff like this is because it's it's not it's not clickish. 
you know right. like nobody's gonna like cool guy you you know what i'm saying like everybody's welcoming everybody's like happy mm-hmm. to be there you know and i mean you'll be literally like i mean it's in it's in a place where i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of smoking um let's oh, just say that i'll just leave it at that so you'll be smoking with somebody who's like an ink master you know what i'm saying or you'll be just chilling right there with somebody who's like one of the most amazing tattooers you've ever seen in your entire life and he's like hey what's up man go, go get a burger or something you know what i mean exactly you know and where else oh. would you have that opportunity right mm-hmm. No, and then you see that that and then you see that you know the way that he works he or she you know it's kind of like the way that you're working you know and then you get some like you're like oh shit okay i might be doing something right here you know that kind of thing too you know like right it, it gives you that positive reinforcement as well having someone mm-hmm. come up to you and say you know someone that you really truly admire come up mm-hmm. to you and say oh man that's sick you know, I love what you did here and here. That looks absolutely, man. It's that ego boost that can just send yeah. you out on another level that can really just be like, okay, I am mm-hmm. on the right track. Everything I'm mm-hmm. doing is paying off. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it can really, really do that for you. Um, mm-hmm. I, one of my biggest moments with that is um, I was out at the Red Tree Gallery and I was filming a seminar with Bob Tyrell. And I brought, brought along a, a painting to work on in some of my downtime. And um, it was this goldfish painting that I had been working on. I think I worked on it a bit at the last Paradise Gathering, the Paradise BYOB. Um, I, I started working on it a little bit before that, but I was trying to work on it some more while I was at Red Tree. And um, Bob Tyrell came up and said, man, that's absolutely amazing. Like, that's awesome. Like, I... You know, I love what you did with this and how this works. And, you know, I love what you got going on over here. And I just remember sitting back and I'm like, this is Bob Tyrell, right? This is like the master of black and gray tattoos. And he just complimented a painting that I made. With enthusiasm, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I I was half tempted just to be like, if you like it, you can have it. Take it. it (laughs) Um, Is it that goldfinch one? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's still not done in my opinion. I still got a little bit more tweaking I want to do to it. Uh, I, remember, but, I remember you were painting it in Paradise. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I might bring it with me this year and maybe work on that a little bit more, but I'm trying to work on some other bigger projects um, this year. So I've got one um, ink wash, like black and gray ink wash dragon painting. It's actually the one I'm drafting now. Uh, that I'd like to try to knock out completely start to finish. Um, yeah, it's looking kick ass, man. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's funny. You After you talk to someone like Bill Canales, um, who, you know, wakes up every morning at five o'clock in the morning just to draw for two hours and, like, think and reflect on things. Um, and literally this man wakes up and draws dragons for two hours every morning. Um Dude, which is that's inspiring yeah it's like okay that is discipline and he wakes up at 5 a.m just to do that every yeah. morning you know that it, it's profoundly inspiring to go through and mm-hmm. talk to someone like that and say hey you keep working on it you keep pushing and you know things will happen you have to stay disciplined with it though and it's like okay mm-hmm. 
okay, I got this. I know what I need to do now. You know, so I've been drawing a lot of dragons lately. In fact, um, I'll stop my thumbnail video. So this is like a dragon's folder that I've created in Procreate. And each dragon's folder has like, um, you know, for example, in this one, I've got, here's a head. That's dope. So this is a dragon head I was sketching up. Here's another dragon head I was sketching up. Here's another dragon head I was sketching up. Here's another one I was sketching up. Here's another one. Fucking right on. Here's another one. You know, and then working on just basic mapping, right? How can I map this out so that I could use something like a three-quarter dragon head template? Right. Right. And then from there, all I have to do is go through and draw each of the individual parts. But I can use the same base template for everything. Oh wow. That is cool. The structure is strong, dude. Well, you know, that's kind of what I was working on. It's something that you know it's like okay i remember listening to an interview with andy chambers and he's like Uh you know when people come in and they say they want a dragon i'm basically going to use like one of three different templates to draw the head of that dragon right 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 right. yeah and it's like yeah why why have to work again yeah exactly like you know just just work once and then save that and then you don't ever have to do that part of the work again i mean you know sometimes there's you know, you might have to improvise a thing or two, but you already have, you know, the, the skeleton of it. So why have to go Michelangelo. to Michelangelo? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, Michelangelo yep. has done that before. Like he has, you know, paintings in which, you know, he would just use stencils of human beings that he's used before. So if he could do it, I could do it. Exactly. Right. You know, it, but it's efficiency. Streamline, streamline exactly. your process. Streamline exactly. your efficiency. Why not? Yep. You know, so most of these heads are all at three quarter view. Um, This one, I I tried to deviate a little bit and do more of a side profile, Uh but that one, the perspective's a little off on it. Here's another one, three quarter view, but this one's flying down a bit more. This one, I wanted to try to design so that it was flying over a bit more, but it ended up being pretty much the same template that I used before. I think this one's a little bit more forward facing, so. Uh Let me ask you something, man. I'm really impressed, bro. I love them though. Those those heads are badass. Uh, Where did you go for like reinforcing the understanding of structure? Like uh, what videos did you watch? Or maybe like, how did you help yourself like get to that point where you are right now with building that like structure? So I took a summer accurately. Which, which one did you took, take? Bill Canales. Bill Canales. Uh, he did a um, he did a dragon seminar, um, and I took that, and it he broke down the structures of everything um, from the head, you know, and going through and doing basic mapping of the head and the planes of the head of a dragon to right. the arms, how the arms are structured fingers how the fingers are structured why are there different numbers of fingers on different dragons um literally broke everything down and it was absolutely intense um but it was one of the most profound 
um, and influential seminars I think I've ever taken. Um, Is that you know, available online? Um, no, it's not. You have to contact him and basically if he does it again, which I know he's planning on doing it again, maybe next year at Paradise, Bill will be available and would be willing to come up and do a Dragon seminar. I think, think that would definitely be a value add for Paradise Gathering. Um, Killer, bro. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe I can reach out to him and see if that'll be able to happen for next year. Um, obviously, this year is a little too late, so it's kind of like, ah, but, you know, maybe right. next year. Dude, so, I fucking take it 100%. Um, he did do one with the Explorer Conference um, a few, I think it was last year. Uh, he did one at the Explorer Conference, and that was cool. Uh, but the thing with seminars at the Explorer Conferences is that they're very, very condensed, and they're very limited as far as time is concerned. Mm. So you don't really have a lot of hands-on time to go through and sit down with these people to say, hey, I'm struggling with, you know, dragon hands, for example. You know, how can I go through and get better at doing that? Um, you know, you can look at all the references you want, but to sit down with someone and go through and say, hey, this is what I'm really struggling with you're a subject matter expert in this, but what can I do to improve, you know, and then having almost like hands on instruction is uh -huh. incredible. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy to kind of relay what I picked up at it, but uh -huh. when you hear it firsthand, it's obviously quite a bit different, of um, course. you know, but a lot of it comes down to just, you know, working every single day. Exactly. You know, taking 15, 20 minutes out of your daily schedule, you know, That's and it. just sit down and say, oh, I need to work on dragon heads. Cool. Let me sit down and I'm going to work on that for 15 to 20 minutes. And I'm mm -hmm. only going to work on that. I'm only going to sketch that. And that, not even like getting into the detail of, you know, say, you know, horn textures or, you know, what do I do with the upper lip? Or, you know, what do I need to do as far as, like, the cheekbone structure or whiskers? No, sit down and work on basic structures. Work on basic templates um, and try to figure out, okay, if I want a dragon flying in this direction, you know, how would I go through and portray that the most? Uh, what would be the most effective way to depict that? Well, I know if my... Well, and I'll go through and just kind of give you a little example. Um, this is the head that I sketched out that for the dragon that I'm working on now. Mm -hmm. um, and I, as I kind of showed you with the last one, here's another head, here's another one, you know, and they're all kind of similar, but they're also very distinct. You know, there's that one, the one that I'm working with, and then there's this one, it's got a little bit more of a closed mouth. Um, Are you using that grid for something? No, no. That was just oh, okay. a, a rough rough idea, rough perspective grid. Um, it can come in handy, though. So, for example, if I'm going to draw a dragon, 
the first thing I would, the first thing I like to do is start out with a circle. This is probably too big for the canvas I'm working on here, but it'll give you a rough idea. So the first thing I like to do is start off with a circle, right? And just that circle is gonna tell me perspective and it's gonna tell me direction and angle. Um, and I'm gonna draw like a little circular crosshair in it. So if I want a dragon to be, I don't know, looking down this way, right? So I'm gonna draw a crosshair here and then coming down and around here, right? And that's gonna tell me exactly what direction that dragon is looking. If I go through and I want a dragon to be, you know, flying backwards, moving this direction, right? Um, I'm not gonna see so much of the front of the face. So I'm really only gonna have a circular crosshair that's here. Mm. You know, and I just started a, a big dragon last night. Uh, well, not necessarily huge, but, you know, eight and a half by 14 um, on uh, a girl's thigh. And the dragon is flying away. Now, the, where things get a little tricky is the tilt of the head. You know, for uh -huh. example, of how far to the side do you want that head to be tilted? So if I'm going through and say I want to stick with that perspective, do I want the head to be straight across? You know, do I want the head to be tilted back a bit more? Do I want it to be tilted in the opposite direction? Actually, if I was doing the opposite direction, it would be there. You know, so that would be the head tilt if I wanted it flying that way. Um, you know, so breaking things down in that kind of an aspect, if I want it to be flying more straight to the side as far as profile view, I would go with something like that. You know, still with my crosshair to tell me exactly what direction that dragon's going to be moving. Uh, we'll stick with three quarter just for grins, just for time's sake and clarity. Um, so I've got my circle and we'll draw this guy flying down this direction. So I'm going to start off with my crosshair. And I always like to keep my cross line for the head tilt, pretty much a straight line. And I'll show you why in just a second. Let's get rid of this grid too, because we don't. Though I will show you how this grid can come in handy. Um, so yeah, let me go through and do that first. So I'll shrink this down a little bit more. So here's a little quick procreate trick that can help you make sure that everything is in line. If you come over to Canvas and you go to Edit Drawing Guide on your 2D grid, you'll actually see this tiny little green dot. It's kind of hard to see, right? But there's a green dot on the grid. If you take that, that will allow you to adjust your grid. And if you adjust it so that these grid lines 
follow that central tilt line, mm-hmm. right? Um, and maybe I need to darken the background a little bit more just for visual sake. So if you have these grid lines <clears throat> that follow angle them in the right, right along, like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. it'll help you keep the same perspective mm-hmm. and the same angle for everything that you need to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little, not necessarily mm-hmm. a perspective trick, but it helps keep everything in line. Um, oh, right. I was going to say the that, nose, the top of the jaw. Maybe, well, I was going to say, if you thought that maybe like using the, the perspective lines tool would be also an option. It is, but that can almost be too drastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It would have to be for something mm-hmm. very specific. Exactly. Like if I, I would use that if I was going through and drawing a dragon flying away from me, right? Mm-hmm. I would use that tool because that's going to show me how much things taper. Um, but because of the style of dragon that I like to draw, I like to go through and, you know, proportions can change, but you're not drawing at such a distance. I don't want to exactly. make this look like the head is super far behind the nose. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I want to keep everything pretty condensed and pretty concentrated into one field of vision, one plane of existence. There's going to be right. a little bit of foreshortening that happens, but nowhere near as much as you would think if you were drawing at a massive perspective. Um, the next thing I personally like to do is go through and map out where the brow is um, because the brow can be very influential as far as the rest of the dragon is concerned um let me switch i'll add a new layer so i'll go through and map out well let's move that one a little closer uh so let's use here this is going to be the base of the nose um and then i'll move this down a bit and i will do So if that's the base of the nose, this will be the bottom of the upper lip, top of the lower jaw, and then, or top of the lower lip. We'll make that a little smaller, maybe just a hair. And then I'll use this to kind of determine where the bottom of the chin is. Mm-hmm. Right. Once again, this is just my own perspective on how to draw dragons. It's not definitive guide by any mm-hmm. of means course. or by any reason. It's just what I find but works. It's making a me. lot of sense. You know, I'll do another line here at the top for the brow, and then I'll do like a circle here and here. Those are the eyes? Nope. This is the top of the brow. Okay. So, and right below the brow, that's where we have our eyes. Mm -hmm. I'm loving this little tutorial, man. Okay, so we've got our eyes here, eye here. We've got nose. So if that's the bottom of the upper lip, I wanna give it a little bit of distance and then I'm gonna draw a triangle. 
right? And I'm going to bring the top of that triangle right in between these eyes. Okay. Um, since this is the bottom of the upper lip, add a new layer. We'll make it something maybe here. So this is the bottom of the upper lip. We'll do like a little curve. This is the top of the lower lip. Give this the same curve. And adjust that a little bit. Right, and then we'll do another small curve down here for the bottom of the chin. Okay, so we've got that. Now, if this is the top of the lower, or the top of the upper lip, I always like to go through and, you know, kind of map out where do I want my mouth line. So we want it to follow kind of right along this angle. And then it's gonna fan out a little bit for the cheekbone and then wrap around. Some people will bring the mouth of the dragon all the way back past the eye. And you can do that, but it's kind of exaggerated. Um, I usually try to end my mouth right near the, the eye. Uh -huh. Okay, so we've got that. We've got, this is the bottom part of the chin. So just a rough map. I'm going to draw a circle connecting the top of the lower lip. And it's going to come in, curve up, come back down, come around in, back down and around and over. And this is gonna give me, once again, just a generalized map of where my beard hair is gonna be, you know, down here. That's gonna be part of your beard. This is gonna be up by the cheek, right? And it's just a rough guide. By no means am I gonna stick to it. By no means do I plan on sticking to it but it's a yeah. rough guide to give you a good shape and a good angle. Mm -hmm. From here, I'm gonna go through and draw a diamond shape coming out from behind this circle, wherever that may be. So come up, over, down, and back over. This is gonna be our ear. And then this is one of the things I picked up from that seminar. I'm gonna go back to the layer below it and create a new layer. I'm gonna start out right in the middle of the brow and the eyes, and I'm gonna create a dot. From that dot, I'm gonna create my horns and bring those down into that dot. So already you can start to see it taking shape and you can spread these horns out if you want. They don't have to be you know, perfect. Typically speaking, I try to make sure that the horns come out from behind where the ear is. 
because I like to use part of the ear to kind of camouflage sometimes where that horn connects. So I'll make these a little bit wider. Maybe I'll bring this angle in a bit more. You know, but already you can start to see things taking shape. Big time. You've got the top dome of the circle that we originally drew. That's going to be our head, the top curve of the head. Mm -hmm. um, we already have our nose in line. We already have our the bottom of the upper jaw. That's already pretty much set out. Um, and that, the other once ear? again, the other ear, you're not really going to see. Right. Once again, because of perspective, anything that's on this side of the head is going to be hit. Mm -hmm. um, not just the beard, but the ear, uh, where this horn connects to the head. All of that's going to be hidden because of the perspective that we're drawing our dragon. Right, right, right. Yeah, it all depends on that. Dude, what a good one, man. I've been so, screenshotting the, the process. Oh, dude, I, I'll send you this file if you want me to. <clears throat> Um, oh, from here, Good. I always like to give my dragons really angular noses. Um, and I did, um, we'll make this a little bit blue, make this smaller. So I always like to go through and I'll just do like a little curve. So mm -hmm. it's going to follow the line that we drew at the top of the triangle. It's going <clears> to <throat> dip down and then connect. And then from here, I would draw out, down, and in. Maybe I'll go through and we'll give this guy a wider nose as opposed to a bottom-heavy nose. Now, everyone likes to, to draw their noses different. Um, this can be a cool shape for a nose, and I'll show you a different option for noses in just a second. But I like to kind of have a little bit of a wider nose. I don't know why. I just do. Um, I'll duplicate that. And if the an alternate way to draw the dragon nose is a more traditional method, and that's to kind of make it wider at the bottom. You know, so you can draw a nose like that. I also like to come across and follow this line, my perspective line, here at the bottom of the nose, because that's going to tell you exactly where it's rounded off. Right? So that's going to show you where the bottom of that nose is. Right. So that's just another option for a nose. Um, I like these a little bit better. I think they've got a little bit more personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just my own personal preference. Exactly. Once again, I'm going to follow this. And then this could come over. This is going to form the front top of the nose. You know, so I, I try to think of it in three dimensions, like, okay, if this is going to be rounded out, 
then this will be in and around. So now I already have my shading guides, my value guides to show how rounded out this part of the nose is going to be, right? Um, for the bridge of the nose, I'm going to give that a little bit of a bump. And then once again, bring that over following these parallel guides because they are of ultimate importance. Now give that a bump. And then I'm going to follow this up to curve with the brow. Once again, bringing that over. That's going to separate the two eyebrows. Um, in fact, I'm going to move that over just a hair. So that'll separate out the two eyebrows. Then we have our eyes. Here's one eye. Bottom part of this eye is going to end up getting cut off a little bit. But I still always like to give a little bit of an indicator and show that it's tucked back and into the head by giving a, a little bit of an overlap. Same thing here, if this is my eye. Just by adding something like this, it's starting to create the illusion of depth because we have an overlapping element, right? That's showing that this eye is recessed back into the head. Um, from here, if I wanted to draw eyebrows, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. One is a more traditional route where you kind of have a little bit of a, an angular line. So that's going to come up a bit. This is going to come down and over. That would actually be a little lower too. Actually, this eye would be a little bit bigger. So this side would come up. Now I would move on to the cheek from here. Um, the cheek, I always draw a little bit differently for every single one of them, depending on how jagged I want that cheekbone to be and how prominent. Like if I wanted to have big cheekbones, um, I would come out and I would really make the cheekbone super prominent. Right. And then bring that over. You don't have to do that. But by doing this, it does give you an easy escape for where the whiskers come out from. Right. Because if you do that, you can bring the whiskers out that way. Since you're not going to see the cheekbone on this side, you just draw it out like that. Mm -hmm. If I wanted a more subtle cheekbone, maybe not something quite as sharp and angular, I would just draw the corner of the mouth and give it just like a little bit of a, um, an angle out. Mm -hmm. Right, throw that tooth in there. 
And then I would create the rest of the cheekbone using shading. You know, because it's going to be a lot softer. You know, but I still want to have a little bit of a, a protrusion there just to indicate that the cheekbone is there. That I wouldn't bring down quite so far. Um, from here, I would draw an ear. Drawing ears is like the easiest thing in the world because <clears throat> literally it can look any like anything you want it to look like. You know, as long as it's got the same basic kind of form. Um, I think it's supposed to be the ear of, uh, you know, every part of the dragon is supposed to be from a specific correct. animal, right? And the ear is from uh, what? What animal? I think it's supposed to be an ear of a rabbit. Oh, a rabbit. A rabbit. I could huh. be wrong, but I, I think it's supposed to be an ear of a rabbit. Mine look more like elf ears. Mm -hmm. but it is what it is. Um, I also like to give them like little notches cut out in the ear. It just gives it more nice. of like a mean look. Yeah. yeah, like it's been through some stuff. Exactly. And you want to draw a little yeah. ear it's hole. Had a few battles. Right? Because what's a dragon that hasn't <clears throat> been through some shit? Right. He's, into, he's, in, he's a little bit into body modification. So. Exactly. <laughs> Dragons are fierce creatures. Make them fierce. Make them look like they've been yeah. through a battle. Sometimes exactly. I'll take the um, this overlap here for the eye, and I'll bring this up, and that gives me a great way to go through and kind of tail that portion off. And I'm drawing this little line here because this is going to show me, as far as my perspective goes, like what's going to end up being in shadow. Right. It starts to the, like, yeah, just kind of put, bring it together visually. Right. The bridge of the nose, we're just going to do a couple of little um, like curves and then bring those over. And that's going to, once again, create that sense of volume with the repetition in the top portion of the nose. Uh, from here, like different volume lines, right? Right. Well, well, you know, a lot of it comes down to repetition, right? So we've got these lines here that are all curving around in the same angle, creating this concept of volume, right? Because they all curve around, moving your eye over top of that cylindrical area. Mm -hmm. Same thing over here behind the eye. I'm going to draw a couple of lines and that they're all gonna curve. None of them are gonna be straight. And what that's gonna do is once again, move your eye back and forth, you know, from here to here, and it's gonna force your eye to rotate and move around creating the volume of the eye itself. Mm -hmm. It's little tiny tricks like that that can really just make drawing anything a lot easier. Right. And uh, 
make them have a strong impact too. Absolutely. Contour lines kind of like, you know, make, make it very readable as far as the volume and the shape. So for the, this brow area, sometimes, and depending on the dragon I'm drawing, sometimes I just like to draw the head plate and I'll bring the head plate down and over. It's an easy way to create an eyebrow. Um, and we'll detail that later. You know, but it's a good way to block in a form or a shape. Coming through for the bottom lip, I'm going to add a harder curve and then just a very thin line for that bottom lip. So now we get on to like all of the other like smaller features. Oh, the head, the top of the head. Duh. So I like to use um, almost like a squiggly line to create the top of the head. I'll start out with an upward curve, come over top of where the top of this circle that we first drew is, bring it in to create an indent, and then back over to connect with the center portion of the bridge of the nose. Okay. From here, I'll take this line that I just drew, bring it out to the side and down. Okay. Now, this is a little too linear, so I'm gonna smooth some of this out with a little bit of a, a sharper angle, create a more, more of a, a sloping effect for the top of the head. Same thing here. I'm going to try to follow if this is at this angle. I want to try to mimic that angle over here. And then I'll kind of, I always like to create a head plate, almost like an armor plate for the top of the head. So I'll bring that in right behind like the that. ear. Sometimes you can bring it down. Sometimes I'll bring it down and I'll bring it over more because where this horn is going to connect is going to connect right behind the ear. So sometimes you want it to connect to the head plate. Sometimes you don't, you know, if you want a lot of this to look a lot more organic, I guess um, you can go through, we won't create the head plate. Instead, what we'll do is kind of round everything off. Right, and then that'll just act as the base of the skull. From here, this would connect back to the body and you could continue everything on from there, right? You'd have your center line for where the top ridge of spine, spinal hair goes, right? That would be here and the rest of the body would kind of flow out in that direction. This would be the, the horizon line on the edge of the body, and then you would have more of the body down here. I say this is the horizon line because if I were to shade this, I would shade coming down, and then I would start here again and bring it down to create that bit of a highlight on the body, almost like you're shading a cylinder, like a metallic cylinder. So that's why I call that the horizon line on that side of the body. 
but we also have to draw the horns, the beard, and all that fun stuff. So that just gives us a basic shape of the head. For right, the right. bottom jaw, come through, and I'm just going to bring a line down, coming down from below the top jaw. And I always like to give the opposite side an opposite curve. So if I'm curving this side down, I want to curve this side going in this direction. To me, it just creates a bit more, a bit more depth and a bit more of a dramatic kind of angle. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. I do the hair a little bit differently than a lot of people. Um, I always like to start in the middle and work my way out. So I'll start out with like these little curves. And then I basically just draw straight lines increasing in length and angle and then coming back in usually five is enough sometimes i'll do a bit more depending on how thick i want them to be one two three four five and then down here same thing so i want to do one two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, and five. You know, sometimes I'll go back through and redraw them and space them out differently. These guys, I would space out differently. You just want to make sure that there's a good, even coverage. But I, like I said, I always like to stick with five because this way you can have number three be the longest one. And then that'll tell you where you need to start bringing, like reining them back in as far as their length is concerned. Right, right. Same thing back here. I'll start out with like just a little hook for one that'll show me where they start. So one, these I usually do a bit more, maybe seven, Depending's on, depends on how saucy I wanna be that day and how complex I wanna make the dragon and how big I wanna make it as well. Being saucy. I'm feeling a bit saucy today. <laughs> I want to see one of those saucy dragons. Yeah, I'm not afraid of drawing in front of this ear because the ear is supposed to be recessed back. So that means some of this beard hair will come in front of it. Mm -hmm. You know, from right. here. So I've got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Not including this little guy. Um, I usually like to stick with odd numbers, but for today's purposes, not super worried about it. Then what I like to do for this back portion is I'll draw smaller lines in between them. 
And I'll show you why this is important in a second. Not so much over here on the chin, but I definitely like to do that back here with the back portion of the beard. To refine the hair and make that a bit more viable and visible. Just creating little spikes and points. Now it doesn't, this is a very traditional way to draw a dragon. Looking at people like James Tex, Clint Danroth, Anthony Tex, uh, Sean Cousin, uh, Rob Noseworthy, uh, Steve Moore. Those guys all have very different philosophies on drawing dragons. Um, they don't take quite as much of a traditional approach, but it still gets the point across that it is a dragon Right. They use yeah. what I like to call the camel method because that's why a lot of old school traditional Japanese tattooers used to look at it. It's got like the basic shape of the head of the camel, right? Mm -hmm. So they use that philosophy a bit more and that methodology and shape a bit more. So uh -huh. if uh -huh. they were to go through and draw the front portion of the um, let my maximum levels reached. Dun dun dun. Gotta erase some layers now. Yeah, which one though is the question? I'll just so this is something I like to do every now and then whenever I run out of layers. Duplicate uh -huh. your canvas. This way you don't have to erase stuff. Right. And then I can just delete whole groups. Um, so what they usually like to do is if I was one of those guys, I would create like a split in the upper lip. Right. And then I would kind of give it a bit of a bevel or a bit of a curve to create that like iconic, like camel upper lip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then from there, I would go through sometimes they'll have the upper lip like curling up, you know, and they'll do like a gum line to show some teeth. You know, but they'll have like a bit of a gum line just kind of showing that, that that upper lip is curled back and then they'll add hair off of that. Um, but that's if you're using that method for today's purposes, we're just going through and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. doing a bit more of a traditional kind of method. Uh, so we've got that one down. So I need these guys. So this is gonna be my curve. We've got one there. Once again, I'm just drawing points and these don't have to be completely accurate, but it's just gonna give you a basic shape and a basic concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can finalize the lines with black at the very end once you- Absolutely. 
but rough we want to work in. loose to loose to tight or rough yeah, to specific. Exactly. You know, we're just locking in basic forms yeah. and basic shapes. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 so important, right? Like that part of the process where <clears throat> you know that you make sure that you're staying loose. You know, as loose as you're being right now, for example, right? Like if you were trying to be, you know, like tight from the very start, like it's going to be real hard for you to get like the right shapes without them being too stiff kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That comes at the very end. Once all the decisions have been made more or less and we can pretty much see. Sometimes I'll I'll give the uh, the dragon a bit more of like a defined chin. You know, but if I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna bring this lower lip in a little bit. Now there's a lot of people out there that will also advocate for the fact that there shouldn't be a bottom part of the chin. Um, it shouldn't just end because the body of a dragon does actually connect at the front of the chin. Oh, yeah, look at that. You know, so. And then this would all be part of the underbelly. Maybe not at quite a, such a drastic angle. This would probably curve around a bit less. Then that would curl in. So the the underbelly of a dragon does connect to the chin, and then you can take that and drag that back here. Show like a little peak of that. You know, but there's all different types of ways. Like if you're drawing a small dragon. None of this is going to be necessary. Right. Um, for the beard, I like to go through and start out with the big guys first. Back glare. And because I don't usually draw too many hairs on the back portion of the back jaw, like by design, that's where having the smaller guys comes in, the ones in between, because that creates a secondary layer of hair that I can then go through to create that layered kind of look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like any opportunity for like something to overlap Exactly. By having always. overlapping shapes, but also repetitive, um, repetitive and graduating lines, it creates a sense of motion and movement. Um, and it's graduation and repetition. Those are keys to making things, to creating that depth, right? Good one. You know, maybe I'll add like another little guy here that's curved up. Once again, if I'm feeling saucy, I can add a couple of little guys. All kind of dependent upon, once again, how big am I going to make this dragon? Right. 
Um, always like to show a little bit of like the curl here. And then creating that softer cheekbone structure here. Maybe I'll bring this up and I'll create a dome shape here and here, almost like a Hanya mask. You know, you can have fun with it, man. It's pretty, once you get the basics down, you can literally explode with different variations. Um, the teeth of the dragon. I always like to bring one big one up here and then another one here. These can be as big or as small as you want. And then maybe just a couple of little like, a couple of little guys in the middle just to show like that he has a full set of teeth. If I have room or if I feel like something's missing, I'll add like another tooth down here. You know, sometimes if I'm working with a dragon that has a bit more of a skinny jaw um, that doesn't have quite a prominent cheekbone, I'll add like another one like kind of curling up here, like a little fangled tooth. You know, so there's all different types of variations. Uh, and you know what I'm saying? So the, these teeth are going to overlap the beard, mm -hmm. which means that anything that overlaps is going to get erased. If you're feeding saucy, you can throw another like long one coming from the top to the bottom. Right. The primary <laughs> ones, though, are these bottom fangs. And this guy back here where the mouth kind of closes around. Yep. I always find it's a great way to go through and kind of end the mouth as opposed to just having it kind of fade off into a line. Gives a little bit more character. So as long as like those three are there, technically the rest will fall into place. Um, but there are Dude. infinite number of variations you can do. For sure. uh, the one thing that I see sometimes that, blows my mind is that people will give the dragon an overbite and uh -huh. they'll actually end the bottom jaw. Uh, let me see where was. Um, sometimes people will actually go through and end the jaw back here and then they'll give it like you know a couple of big fangs coming down here and it's like that dragon is needs to go and see an orthodontist like there's no <laughs> because like yeah having a fangle tooth dragon is not look it, it gives it the look more like a saber tooth tiger than anything you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but every now and then i'll see people that do that and i'm like what are you doing Mm -hmm. um, cool so we've got that um, now we're going to move on to the horns horns can be really tricky Damn. it's looking strong um, man yeah I'm just I'm. this is honestly just a doodle for today it's not you know anything super crazy but you know hey it is what it is quick little doodle sketch 
Now, one thing I do find myself doing quite often is depending on the size of the head and how uh-huh. long I initially draw those horns, there's a uh-huh. lot of times that I will actually go back through and redraw the horns to make them longer. Because, uh-huh. I mean, who wants a dragon with a stubby horn? Right. Not me. I want this thing to have like big horns. Yeah, it's like reindeer, right? Reindeer it, horns? Exactly. It's supposed to have the horns of a reindeer or of a deer in general. Right. Or a deer, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's been really cool seeing this thing come alive. And... The dragon's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's something that when you you spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours just drawing dragons, you yeah, pick up a few it. tricks here and there. So You said it, bro. You said it. And I like that, like, you know, dedicating daily, you know, like if you have a goal of, you know, wanting to, like, do some killer dragons and, like, you know, waking up every day and doing 30 minutes, Whatever, yeah, whatever time you can dedicate. Right? It's like, not just, just dragons, it, man. It. It's anything, anything you exactly. need to get better at. Dedicate mm-hmm. 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Yeah. You don't yeah, have totally. to sit down and be like, I need to learn how to draw yeah. this. I need to learn how to draw a human face. And mm-hmm. I'm going to spend eight hours in one day doing it. No, it's if you do smaller chunks over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to seem as daunting and you're not going to mm-hmm. have to sacrifice other things throughout the day mm-hmm. in order to achieve that. Mm-hmm. No, and you'll um, see results. You'll see results. Exactly. Building a little bit every day, you know, really makes a difference. I remember now these, uh, I took these a... horns are a bit curved. Uh-huh. I might straighten those out a bit. So oh, go yeah. ahead. Sorry about that. No, no problem. Yeah, sometimes I like to have a bit more of like a a straight horn. Mm -hmm. You know, dragon horns look differently depending on how you want them to be depicted. You Mm -hmm. can curl them, give them really extreme curls. Yeah. But in my opinion, when you do that, it almost starts to look like bunny ears. Mm. Like really weird looking like you know, mm-hmm. curved ears. Not sure, a big sure, fan sure. of that look. A little less like menacing. Right. But if you've got like long, straight diagonal lines, it really, really gets into your head subconsciously and forces you to look at like whatever these horns are pointing at. So you can mm-hmm. use that as like a directional aid as well. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, no, what I was going to say is that when I uh, took, uh, a seminar with Marcus Lenhard. Um, he shared something that stuck that, um, you know, like he felt like he really, really, really got better at, you know, just creating, you know, what he does in general, the abstract, uh, by organic, he does, uh, by drawing waves every single day uh, for like a year or like, or he did like a whole sketchbook of them or whatever, but just, you know, that repetition, you know, of like mm-hmm. get familiar and then you kind of almost become like, you know, not an expert, but you become very familiar with all the different like paths that you can take because you start to learn from that repetition. You know, you kind of understand in depth, right? Like the, I guess the, uh, 
Yeah, you learn from doing and learn from that repetition, man. And that's mm-hmm. going to help you so much in the long run. It really is. Mm-hmm. No, because yeah, you can sit down and unless you, it's like trying to understand anything else, unless you sit down and you do something constantly, yeah. you're yeah. never really going to understand the ins and the outs of what it is that you're doing. Um, right. You know, unless you've got that practical application and the practical experience to it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that in any other way. Whenever I've like run, run into someone that like, you know, does like impressive anatomy, for example, or like perspective, you know, like when they're like not looking at a reference or anything, they're just like, you know, I'm like, man, like, how did you, you know, how did you get this good? You know, I ask, and they always say the same thing. It's always like, man, I had to do this a million times, mm-hmm. you, know, like, you know, and, and you could tell that like, you know, <laughs> they're like face changes for a second. And they, and when they share that with you, how many times they had to do it, you could tell that. I don't know, like they, they're like almost exhausted from the memory of how many times they had to do it, but that's yeah. what it takes at the end. And that's why you want to have that, like, you know, that love for what you're doing, right? For the process, because otherwise, you know, how do you get through having to do things, you know, that often? Absolutely. It and it, that's it brings where it all back to that, right? Exactly. You know, when you fall in love with the process and learning and experimenting and learning more and you, you're not willing to stop for anything that's going to be the ultimate key to mastering any subject matter. Um, you have to, you have to understand it's a process to do anything, to accomplish anything, to, um, achieve any type of significance. It is the process. And if you love the process and you find joy in the process, then nothing can ever get you down and nothing will ever be disappointing because, you love the process. You love exactly. going through that, you know? So we're exactly. almost done with our dragon. Um, I'm going to adjust the head a bit and give this guy a little bit of a different dome. I'm going to bring this up. We'll give him almost like a Sasquatch dome very kind of tall and rounded. Um, actually, maybe not. Maybe we'll make it a bit smaller. So we'll do that and then bring this back and down. Yeah, everyone's got their own variation on dragon heads, like skulls and stuff like that. Some people will draw a higher dome. Some people do almost like low and sleek, which can be a very fun way to draw the top of the dragon head. Mm-hmm. You know, as I mentioned before, some people do it more angular and they'll create almost like a plate, like a dragon armor plate on the top of the head. That can have a really cool look. Um, you know, if I was going to do the plate, then I would make the base of the horn a little smaller. 
and I would kind of bring it in a bit more behind the ear. I think I just erased part of my ear. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, that guy. Um, you know, maybe I'll bring this in. These little standoff posts on the dragon horns, people do those in all different ways. I've even seen people that will give them smaller ones at the back. You know, that'll give it a little smaller bit of horns. look. Like smaller little standoffs. Like little branching, branching out? Yeah, branches. You know, you can make these things mm -hmm. real gnarly. You can make them very yeah. smooth and traditional. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's any number of different variations. The important thing when understanding dragon horns is you always want the tops to be rounded. They should always be rounded. You can quote mm -hmm. me on that. I don't care. They should uh -huh. always be rounded. Um, like uh, not pointy? No, you do not want them sharp. The reason being is because the sharper it is, the younger the dragon looks. And the younger the dragon is, the smaller of a beard it's going to have. And gotcha, gotcha. it's yeah, not going to have sense. the same kind of uh, well, feeling to it. Think mm -hmm. about mountains too, right? Same thing with mountains. You have mm -hmm. mountains that have very sharp peaks, very angled, mm -hmm. jagged peaks. Those are very young mountains. Um mm -hmm. Time and weather have not rounded anything off yet. So if you want it to look older, give it rounded points. If you want it to look younger, give it like sharp points. Um, in my opinion, it's nice to have something kind of rounded. You know, even the top of the head can be a bit more rounded off. Um, what that does is that balances it out and creates a contrast between all of the sharp jagged points we have down here and over here, exactly. and it balances it out with a lot more um, softer, exactly. rounded forms. Right. Um, yeah, my buddy uh, Roberto Talavera that does a lot of biomech and bioorganic yeah. and stuff, he told me, you know, that, like, as, you know, I asked him to give me some like, tips, and that was one of the things that he pointed out on biomech as well, which is very much like doing the horns, right? That you want to make sure that you don't have, like, these you know, points like, you know, little spikes would, you know, like you want to have the end be more, more rounded or, or at least more like, uh, uh, basically not, not coming to a point, you know, having that like, yeah, give them more of a soft curve. Aha. Uh -huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or an angle even, you know, mm -hmm. Um, eyebrows, I'm going to do the same way as I did the chin. It's not going to be anything spectacular or different. It's going to be, you know, you go through and you create some lines following the flow. Yeah. Part of these are going to obscure part of the ear and part of the beard. Yeah, it came together, man. You know, and then all I would do after I drew these is I would go through and I would use a darker color, create some hard lines. 
you know, really refine the edges and everything like that. Um, and that would give me a finalized dragon head. I mean, adding texture to it and adding, you know, tiny little nuances, that's up to each individual. Like that's, that is a personal thing. Everyone's got their own way. Um, you know, you'll see certain people out there that, you know, will go through and they'll create like all of this tiny little like texture in like the skin and that looks cool. You know, you might see people that will go through and I don't know, maybe they'll have like a booger hanging out from you know, the <laughs> nose. Uh, you might see people flying, that give like, yeah, you know, little weird stuff. You know, some people put more emphasis on having tiny little hairs everywhere, you know, to create a texture, maybe back here even. You know, you can do that. You can create smaller textures here with smaller hairs. You know, you can have fun with it once you understand the basics, and that's what we've been covering exactly. today. Exactly. You know, from here on out, man, you can make it your own. You can do whatever you want to do with it. I will say mm -hmm. this, though. Um, one big thing is if you're going to give your dragons, <clears throat> I and this is like, this is like a standard rule of thumb whenever you're talking about dragons. If you are going to give your dragon pupils and actual like eyeballs, those always get done last. Always. Because by adding pupils and drawing eyes inside of your dragon, it brings it to life. It creates a soul inside of the dragon. So save that for absolute last you know, whether it's just a dot or whether you go through and you actually create like a an iris and a pupil, mm. you know, with like I a really enjoy the, flare. The look you know, of uh, cat eyes, people. reptile eyes. I like to leave them open Me and too. just do like a little bit of like, maybe I'll do like a little bit of shading. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it gives them that like mystique. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's a personal preference. Exactly. Everyone's different. Totally. You know, so those Good. are just some of the basic things well, I've done, picked up man. when it comes down that's to drawing great. dragons. Um, as far as the underbelly goes, you know, you can bring that up and around. And then from here, we could have maybe this will curl over that way. Center line. Use the, the center line from the face and the middle of the head. And that's going to create the center line for where the top part of the um, like uh, spinal column, the spinal horns, that's going to create the entrance and the connection to the base of the skull. So I would start out by having spikes here. Now, obviously, it, I'd plan everything out and make sure everything was nice and evenly spaced, but you know that is going to be your connection point um, to everything else. So yeah, that's a drag, quick dragon head nice, dude. study.
fucking A. And just in case anyone uh, wanted to see everything in a quick video replay. I think this is, no, this is me drawing different dragon heads. So here we go. See, we'll start it from here. I love watching these time lapse replays. Especially when you see how much time has elapsed if you're looking at the time counter at the top. And that's the uh, the time that one has been actually like actually had the pen on the screen, right? Basically. Right. And you have days, hours, minutes, and seconds. Good one, man. There's a dragon head. So including today on this one document, um, granted, I erased uh -huh. a whole bunch of groups of layers of different dragon heads. Uh -huh. But just to give you an idea of how much time I've put into drawing dragon heads. Yeah. Um, 12 hours, 40 minutes. And that was just, you know, just for this one document. Um, total strokes, file size. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, but you know, it takes time. It it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. you know, but from this, I've got that dragon head, and this was the early stages. So, if we hide all these guys, what would you say? Uh, like, how much time would you say that you're dedicating? Like daily or or doing your best to like dedicate daily to um you know working on you know mastering this like dragon approach uh if that's even something you're still doing it's something i still do every day um okay. and i usually try to spend at least 15 minutes you know even if it's just like a tiny little quick sketch on a napkin at dinner um you know i i try to go through and you know just even if it's just working on forms or perspectives or creating different like style templates like okay um you know what am i looking at if i draw something more like this dragon which i just started last night you know if you look at the dragon head here it's very different than the one that i just drew um, <laughs> this one's got very kind of knobby gnarly horns it's got a very sloping like head yeah, it, it's got a lot more of a feel of like a, a caiman or an alligator. Um, mm -hmm. You can still see the eyes, a little bit of the cheekbone in the further back portion, the whiskers coming off. Doesn't have quite as big of a beard, 
um, doesn't have quite as big of a mustache, you know, and the bottom lip is curled underneath that front mustache because I wanted this dragon to have a, almost a calm look. So I didn't give it an open mouth. I didn't give it, you know, big fangs up front. I wanted it to be almost peaceful in its like flight. Right. Um, and little things like that can have a world of difference when it comes down to the feel and the emotion of the dragon's head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's different ways that you can portray different things by having a closed mouth. It's not aggressive. It's not, you know, angry. It's not, you know, getting ready to attack or anything. Right, it's right. just doing its thing. It's calm. Right. It's exactly, you know, flying exactly. along and, you know, it's got some yeah, claws and the claws are ready to strike, but it's doing its yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So. Yeah, kill it, man. Yeah. And we are at about that time for today. Uh, I'm going to go through. Uh, Bruno, why don't you go through and give us a quick little sign off? Uh, yeah. Um, my name is Bruno Salvatierra. Uh, my Instagram is Christmas underscore art. Uh, you can DM me there if you have any type of questions of any sort. Jason and I will be at the Paradise Tattoo Gathering very soon. So we hope to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like, you know, if you're, you know, like looking to learn a few new things, like, man, like, there's going to be so many great seminars and it's going to be an awesome vibe, like we said. So hopefully you can make it from the 12th to the 15th of October in beautiful Jiminy Peak, the Paradise Tattoo Gallery. And Jason, man, it's been a pleasure um, know, it's always hanging thinking. out with you and chatting with you. And man, like I learned a lot from today. Like I'm real grateful. Like uh, you really got that technique down. And um, it was great to see the thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. You know, granted, understanding everything comes in handy and understanding basic principles and understanding how to repeat things correctly is key. Um, just like in tattooing, learning basic fundamental techniques first, and then moving on to more advanced techniques and altering your course from there. You know, but learning those basic fundamentals and then repeating that so that it becomes second nature, right? Exactly. So you're no longer thinking about it. You're just doing it. You've got muscle mm -hmm. memory in there. You know how to do this. You've done it yeah. a thousand times or 10,000 times. It becomes second nature. And then from there, it just flows. That's, it's like, oh, drawing right. a snake head. Cool. Easy. I got that. Yeah. I've drawn and That's when you can give it your twist too. You know? Exactly. Like once you've got it so, so, once you got it down that way, uh, then you can start spicing it up. Right. So thank you as always, Bruno, for jumping in today. I always greatly, you, greatly appreciate it, man. Um, for anyone you, that's interested, feel free to reach out to me. My Instagram is at Philly Inc. It's right up here. If you like today's episode, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page. Uh, make sure to follow us and tune in again next week for episode 123 of Skill Building Sunday. And I will also be at Jiminy Peak with Bruno teaching two seminars. Um, tickets are on sale now. 
feel free to go through and reserve your seats. Space is limited. I'm trying to keep these seminars kind of small, um, you know, but we'll see if I have to, you know, take on larger groups as I can. But um, yeah, space is limited. Go through, grab your tickets now. I'll be doing one on printmaking um, and things to think about when getting your prints made, as well as procreate tips and tricks for tattooers. Thank you very much, everyone. My name is Jason Leeser, and it has been an honor today to do this for you. Take care, be safe, keep those hands moving, keep drawing. And I'll see you guys again next Sunday.